Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we deliver mining insights and bullion sales in the form of physical delivery, offshore depositories, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Joining us for a conversation is Todd Hilditch, the CEO of Raleigh Gold. Mr. Hilditch, welcome to the show. Thanks, Maurice, for having me. Glad to have you on the program to share the opportunity before us in Raleigh Gold. Before we delve into company specifics, Mr. Hilditch, please introduce us to Raleigh Gold and the opportunity the company presents to the market. Thanks, Maurice. And Riley's an early stage company. We've been around uh, for all of about six months. We've uh, built the company around the people, the projects, and the ability to finance uh, all of our team, whether it be at a management level or a director level have had success in building companies and ultimately either selling them or taking them to production. So we're excited about Riley going forward. Raleigh Gold presents a number of riches to the market that merit speculators' attention. Let's introduce your property bank, which is strategically located in elephant country, an absolute top jurisdiction for exploration and mining. Sir, take us to Nevada and get us acquainted with your projects. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, Nevada is an unbelievable jurisdiction for not only the exploration because of its gold endowment, but also for other opportunities that have not been discovered. Um, the state itself produces, uh, there's a give or take about 30 mines uh, in the state, produce about 5 million ounces a year. And we wanted to go to an area that has tied, tested, and, and true. And uh, we decided to stick with Nevada, which is where our experience is. So our two projects are, as you say, one is definitely an elephant country um, up in uh, some of the major trends. And we also have a second project that we're very excited about in Tokom. Provide us with some historical context and share how Raleigh Gold acquired its projects. You know, what we've learned over years and years is, um, is experience and relationships. Um, we were fortunate enough to uh, make a decision to go for these two projects because of introductions and longstanding relationships that I've had for 20 years in the, in the state, everything from geological to legal to uh, permitting, et cetera. So we took an opportunity to look at the big picture when we were deciding what we wanted to bring into Riley. Um, our first notion was find some ounces, give us some shoulders to begin with. Um, but we also recognized that uh, in the state of mining, there's sort of three stages, the exploration, the development, and then the actual production. And we felt that if we were going to be in one of the toughest sectors in the world in terms of risk reward, we decided to go at the very beginning of the life cycle, which is where most investors and shareholders would get the biggest kick and that is finding the gold and the exploration side. So we've uh, decided on these two projects um, and in particular with our first one, Tokop, um, it came through a relationship and our second one up at Pipeline West uh, Clipper also came through a relationship. So it's all about friends, family, et cetera. <laughs> well, now that we have some background on the projects, let's go on site. Sir, take us to Southern Nevada and introduce us to the company's flagship Tokop Gold Project. Yeah, Tokop, we're extremely excited about. Um, our geologist um, who leads our technical efforts, Charles Solfrian, uh, I have been with for 15, 18 years, and he is uh, really excited about this project. We expect to be drilling in about a week to 10 days, early part of April. Um, this project came to us as a result of some work almost 10 years ago with a company that changed direction um, for lots of reasons. 
And uh, this asset was sort of on their balance sheet. When we were introduced to it, we were immediately excited because it had some historical drill holes, but not enough to uh, move it forward at the current time. And when we look at some of the drill results and sample results and the size of the property and what it was akin to, it gave us a, a real excitement level. And in literally six months, we've gone from sort of dating the project, uh, getting to know it, um, through to aggressively, including this morning, adding a technical uh, director uh, or advisory committee member, I should say, who has experience in this type of uh, deposits. So um, the TOCOP is something that is our sort of 1A at the, at the moment. We're going to get moving on that. We've got some samples still to come. We've got drilling to come. And um, we expect you know, reasonably good results out the gate. It's a shear hosted vein type um, deposit and uh, we see it on surface so with that in play uh, we'll be able to get a much better handle on uh, on our development post this first set of first drill program i see that there's a comparison with uh, fort knox is there uh, something you can share with us there yeah it's really about the style of the mineralization um, shear hosted uh, veins uh, at surface um, and it's been uh, you know certainly tested at fort knox um, up at uh, Dublin Gulch and Eagle as well um, with Victoria Gold and uh, as you mentioned Fort Knox which is Kinross. Uh, in fact the gentleman that we have brought on on the advisory committee this morning has worked at both of those projects. So uh, it's not a typical project um, geology that you would see in Nevada. It's something a little bit more akin to uh, those two projects up, up in Alaska um, but all the signatures are there so we're uh, looking to prove that to be a, a good opportunity for us. Exploration is a research and development exercise. I'm interested in hearing how Raleigh Gold arrived at its thesis, which has given the company confidence on the upside and making additional discoveries and increasing shareholder value. Please walk us through the genetic model and then the exploration model. Well, it's interesting. You know, the genetic model is similar to what I've mentioned where you get to a project, uh, certainly if there hasn't been enough drilling to identify a resource, you get to a project, you look for the signatures, something that a geologist can see a little twinkle in his eye and say, okay, hang on, I, I see an opportunity because of this. And um, it's through that genetic opportunity, which is where I believe shareholders get their biggest upside is on the exploration and the finding of gold and silver. Um, so it's through that genetic process that it leads to production and then, or sorry, to development and then to production. Um, in this particular situation, um, you know, our guys are very excited about the opportunity because of the signature that, that um, they see. Uh, and so with, with that in mind, we're, we're going to move forward. It's not like we have a model that's different than many, any of the other juniors. You know, you do as much due diligence on sampling, on geophysics, on work to identify where your drill program would start. And then sometimes you call it a Hail Mary, sometimes you call it a, the best educated guess, but you take all that information and dump it into a model, which Charlie Selfrian has worked, worked 22, 23 years with Barrick, has 40 plus years of experience. Um, he's been everything from a chief uh, chemist at, at Barrick to a chief geologist. So we, we, we place a lot of faith in Charlie's experience along with gentlemen such as Dick Silito, who came to the project 
along with Ted Wilton, who we've added today. And you really just do as much homework as you can, and then you drill in the best educated spots. And with that, it leads to second iteration, third iterations of drilling. With regards to the historical resource, how will Raleigh Gold move forward with achieving an NI43 101 resource and in what category? Well, we're early stage for that at this point. Um, there's only been 20 drill holes, so we are going to be adding, you know, we'll be doubling that in terms of, of total drill holes. And it's really from that, I mean, this is one of those systems where it's not going to take hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of holes of drilling before you can identify a, a resource, you know, sort of in an envelope. This is a near surface, you know, shear hosted vein set. Um, and it shouldn't be too much of a stretch for us in a reasonably decent time. I can't identify that to you today, but it's not going to be three, four years out before we could put a resource together. It'll be much sooner than that. I would hope in the next 12 to 18 months, we could look at saying, okay, we've got enough information to, to do that. That would come in most likely the form of a measured and indicated and inferred resource. Um, and, you know, interesting thing about these systems and all systems, you know, what you see at surface is really what you're not, not what you're after. It's what's below and what event brought that gold to surface or within an area that you've drilled and you found it. It didn't come from the sky. So we've got to find <laughs> out how it, how, how it came there, the plumbing system, if you will. So uh, it'll all depend on um, all of those factors, Maurice, before we could put a resource together. But that's our goal. Leaving the TOCOP Gold Project, sir, please introduce us to the second compelling project, the Pipeline West Clipper Project. Yeah, Pipeline is a, is a, is a well-known area. I mean, now we're talking elephant country. Uh, Nevada Mines, which is the joint venture between uh, Newmont and Barrick, um, has uh, quite a complex out there with uh, Cortez. You've got Four Mile, um, numerous other uh, deposits that make part of this endowment of of gold. Um, you know, I think there's 40 million plus ounces of past production and uh, reserve resource that's in this area. Um, there's you no, know, there's lots of opportunities that we still think exist. Our project is off to the west by about five kilometers, uh, give or take. And, um, you know, there has not been, in our opinion, enough work on the project, which is one of the reasons why we picked it up um, through a relationship as well. In, in, in trying to identify, um, you know, uh, an opportunity to, to get into the same type of uh, geological formation as they do. Uh, recently, Barrick announced that uh, they feel that there's great opportunity out in this area up from Robertson south down through the uh, Cortez mining complex, and we are on the peripheral to that. So I think that probably excited a lot of junior companies, and we're certainly excited about ours. Can you walk us through the genetic and exploration model, please? Yeah, this one's a little tougher to maybe nail down at this given point, except for the fact that with Barrick and production, you know, sort of on the eastern edges uh, to where we're located, um, you know, they produce from a formation called the Wenban. Um, there's another company off to our northwest, uh, Ridgeline Minerals, who we have uh, a lot of respect for. They've tapped into the Wenban. We sort of sit between the two of them. So our expectations are the same host rock that's being produced is in our on our land or in our land i should say makes a part of it and it would be our goal to sort of find that now to date there hasn't been enough drilling uh, beyond uh, 250 meters or seven or 800 feet if you will on our project and that's one of the goals is okay 
genetically, let's find and then focus in on where we want to have that initial drill program. And, and that would be through not as much so sampling is up there as maybe some geophysics um, and then nail down an opportunity and, and drill holes as to where to try to prove our, our model. Um, to be uh, open and honest, we're not going to get to this project until we've gotten uh, knee deep or waist deep into toe cop and our drilling. Uh, at this point, um, we're focusing on, on getting the toe cop drilling going and then Charlie and his team will then have an opportunity to move up hopefully in the late spring, summer, when the, when there's definitely no snow up in that area uh, to start the process. Now, before we leave the project sites, uh, what type of activity is currently being conducted and what are the plans respectively for each in 2021? For both projects. Um, well, we've got drilling at Tokop and then, and then out here at uh, Pipeline. Um, it, it'll begin with some initial review, data review. We've already started that, obviously. We've had the project for about six months. Um, but it'll be more of filtering through information that's important um, in terms of helping us to identify a drill program. Um, so there'll be a lot of desktop work and then field work, and then Charlie's team will identify the next next steps. That's a little earlier stage on, on the profile at this point for us. Leaving the project site, let's discuss some important topics germane to the projects. Are your projects 100% owned? or do they have any earning options or with any reversionary interests? Yeah, so that's a, it's a great question and, and one that every you know, CEO wrestles with. Our projects are 100% uh, under option to us. Uh, my feeling over the last 20 years in this industry, and I'm not saying it's the right one, a lot of people have great success in having a joint venture model. Our opinion all the way along has been, we, we have a, this is a difficult sector. I mean, you're trying to find little yellow stuff, uh, gold or silver, you know, hundreds of feet, the thousands of feet below the surface. So if we're able with our people to identify good locations, if we're able to have good projects and we're able to fund these projects because of the sort of three-legged stool of people, projects and money, um, I don't necessarily want to share that upside. I'll go if, if we're wrong and, and, and uh, we're not successful, uh, which in this industry, the odds are tough. We've had success fortunately in the past, but I don't necessarily want to share that, that love, you know, that risk, if you will. So we own them 100% um, and or with at least an option to purchase them 100%. And um, until such time as that model changes, I, I, I'm going to stick with it. It works for us. We're going to get into some numbers later in this discussion, but from a capital expenditure standpoint, how is infrastructure on your projects? It's good. I mean, obviously in Nevada, you've got uh, lots of undulations of uh, geography and there's some locations in the state that, you know, you, some may not ever get drilled just due to, due to topography. Um, where we are down in Tokop, we're in good shape. Um, I would argue that to date, we haven't identified all the drill holes we're going to want to put in, but to date, uh, we've been successful at um, getting permitted for uh, about 95% of what we wanted. So that's very good um, and very good access, uh, whether it be through Tonopah or through Beanie, um, is uh, So that's good from that standpoint. And then up, up at uh, uh, Pipeline West, uh, Clipper, um, similarly, you've got good access, um, you know, with the barrack production off to our east side. Um, you know, there's lots of infrastructure, um, no uh, hindrances to get onto the project, um, very accessible. I think you just alluded to it. You're fully permitted or you said 95%, is that correct? 
No, we're well fully permitted for the work that we're about to do at TOCOM. Um, we've received our uh, BLM approval on our, our notice level drilling. Um, we have a combination of private and public land at TOCOM. Uh, so from a standpoint of getting permitting, uh, it's usually about a two week process and uh, we've been we successfully received that. Uh, that allowed us to start the movement to getting drill rigs out there in about a week, week and a half. Is the ultimate goal for Raleigh Gold to build a mine? or arbitrage? Ah, that's the end all question. <laughs> so every single junior, uh, which we include ourselves in that grouping, um, will tell you that the intent is to build a mine. That's a very difficult thing and a very expensive thing. Um, I'm, I'm happy um, to say, and particularly with the group of folks we have involved with us, that our goal today is 100% stick exactly with what I just said. I mean, we will take this far enough down the line that if we make a decision to go to production, touch wood, and if we're lucky enough to find enough ounces, um, we have the ability through some of our directors from a permitting, um, uh, William Lamb has taken a project through to production, um, a different sector, um, but we have the ability, and I think we have the financial capability and, and, and supporters to be able to support that, that mode. Typically though, you're going to get to a point where somebody bigger, if you're successful, will come along and tap you on the shoulder. And you know we're open to that concept um, because if it's good for the shareholders, which would 100% vote if someone came along and said, you've done a great job, now get out of our way. We want to take this to production. We would we would look at it 100%. And ultimately, the shareholders have that decision. We've discussed the good. Let's address the bad. What can go wrong? And what are your action plans to mitigate that wrong? Well, at this stage, we're just getting going. So, you know, there's difficulties at a, at a, you know, a drill as an example, if you got watered out on a particular drill or the, the drilling conditions were difficult, um, the rocks didn't agree with the drill bit. Those kind of things are certainly out of our control. Um, those would, you know, be bad, but certainly things we could work around or, or the nasties, if you will. Um, you know, that said, um, you know, the real only issues that we have today would relate to, you know, if the markets, the gold markets uh, pulled back to a point where uh, funding was difficult, you know, all of these kind of forward looking statements um, that could be a problem. I mean, other jurisdictions worldwide certainly have those issues with with governmental interference, et cetera, but we, you know, obviously don't have that issue down in, in the United States and or in Nevada. So um, I'm not skirting your question. I'm just suggesting that at this point, the negatives that we could encounter, the real big hindrances, we don't have in front of us um, yet. And um, it would really relate to markets, gold price, ability to finance, um, ability to get drill rigs. Those are the kind of things. Fair enough. Switching gears, let's discuss the people responsible for increasing shareholder value. Mr. Hilditch, please introduce us to your board of directors and management team and what skill sets do they bring to Raleigh Gold? Well, we've been very careful <clears throat> from day one in, with the inception of Riley, not necessarily knowing exactly which direction we were going to take the company uh, at onset. We now have a much clearer picture on the exploration side. Um, but we have a set of individuals that, that I believe tick all of the boxes of different experiences, um, starting with William Lamb, who's our chairman. 
He's got 25 plus years um, in the mining sector, uh, background metallurgist, um, has had a, a, an amazing and successful track record, um, worked with the Lundin group of companies, was a CEO of Locara Diamonds, um, was involved and, uh, and has responsibility in finding some of the largest diamonds that have ever been found in the world. Um, um, in uh, in Africa, so he's got a great wealth of experience um, crossing from you know technical, but also onto the market side and raising capital. Um, we've got uh, Brian McKenzie, who has been with me for forever. He's a CFO. Um, he's been with me in all of our other companies, which we can get to in a minute. Um, a great experience from a financial standpoint. Cindy Laval, an attorney at Gowlings. Um, you know, also very well seasoned a securities attorney has had great successes and is very well respected. So she would round out a legal side. Um, we've um, recently brought on, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Richard DeLong, who is a permitting expert, has worked with the majors and worked with groups such as our size. I've worked with uh, with Rich in the past. So we've got a permitting angle that we've got, um, you know, covered off. Um, so we've we've done a, I think a, a great job of rounding out our our board and folks that are going to be helping us you know going forward. Who is Todd Hilditch and what makes him qualified for the task at hand? Now that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> so in the you know for the last 20 25 years, um, yeah, I've been involved in the mining sector and the public company sector. Um, again, we, you know, the mining space is very difficult. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm very fortunate to say is we've we've had successes in every one of the companies that we have put together. Um, and I'm not saying they're all home runs. You know, they're not all triples. They're not all doubles. You know, but the good news is, is in our sector, um, if you can find a project, we've had success in lithium in the early days in 2010. We sold out to the world's largest. Our company at the time was Solaris Lithium. Um, we've uh, worked in, uh, I've had started a company that was involved in nickel, uh, which is still ongoing um, uh, in Cote d'Ivoire. Uh, we've had other successes in the uranium space. So we haven't only been gold, but we've, we've, we've had a smattering of really good sort of sectors and, um, and, uh, and opportunities that have turned into or are turning into something. So. I'd like to say that if I bring anything to the table whatsoever, I mean, it's the smart folks that are working with us that they'll take this company uh, to a better success, but we've, we've stuck with it. We, we do what we say we're going to do. Uh, we're prudent with our money. Um, you know, we, we do as much homework as we can. And, um, and if I'm leading that process and trying to steer in some directions, maybe that's part of, you know, what I do. Um, but I, I just like, you know, to think that the market um, it would be supportive of us, um, you know, because of sort of the successes we've had in the past. So, you know, I'm only the guy that's wearing the hat. Um, everybody else that's wearing, uh, you know, wearing you know any sort of sort of hat or cloth at our company um, has success. And really, you know, I can only suggest that it's their success that makes me look better at times. How about boots on the ground? Who do you have on your technical team? Yeah, so Charlie Sofrian would lead that. Um, Charlie, as mentioned, spent 23 years uh, with Barrick, another 15 years with Western States Minerals. Um, he was involved early stage 
in um, some of the sampling, which led to the discovery of eventually what's now Gold Strike. So from a, from a technical background, he leads, um, he's hired uh, members of his uh, uh, team um, to, to work with. Um, we do rely, as particular with adding a technical advisory committee member today, fellow such as Ted Wilton, uh, we've done our homework with regards to uh, talking with uh, Dr. Dick Silito, who, who was world-renowned geologist and uh, certainly knows this type of system. Um, we've had numerous uh, Zoom and, and calls with him, and uh, we believe that he feels there's a great opportunity here. So from a technical standpoint, led by Charlie, but supported by many. Let's get into some numbers. Sir, please provide us with the capital structure for Raleigh Gold. This is probably one of the more proud elements of our, of our infancy. We have 25 million shares issued and out, um, fully diluted, which would include uh, another 10 million makes up, make, is made up of warrants uh, at 40 cents and um, a small amount of options. So fully diluted would be 35 million. Um, we have kept that in check specifically for the purposes of of growing the company and adding value. Um, in the situation that we're in you know, now, if we have some success, we may be able to get those warrants exercised within our particular group. Um, and the good news is too, we were able to do our uh, corporate, or sorry, our uh, property transactions without issuing um, a single share of stock. So that's helpful. We're not worried about you know uh, selling in the market and all that type of thing. So we're in, um, we're in good shape on the structure. You said that modestly, but I want to make sure everyone fully understands here. Give us the fully diluted again one more time. 35 million fully diluted. That's amazing. 20, only 25 million issued and outstanding at this very moment. Ah, that, it just doesn't get better than that. <laughs> All right. How but Maury, you know, what, why that is, sorry to interrupt you, why that is, is is the group that made up the private placement that we did in October, there are, of all of the folks that are involved, there's maybe only five or six people of that shareholder, uh, new shareholder group that I haven't been involved with over the last 10 years, five years, three years, two years of doing business with them. So it's a, it's a unique uh, scenario and I'm, I'm very happy that the, the folks that, um, you know, make up that, that shareholder group have supported me. And I would hope that the only reason why they continue to support is because, you know, again, we do what we say we're going to do. We're, we're prudent with our money. Um, you know, everything doesn't work out, but you've got to be straight up and honest with folks and say, Hey, we're going to drill for gold. And you know what, it's hard to find it, but if we do, we're going to be successful. If we don't, we'll pivot and do everything we can to make sure that we can, uh, that we can try to keep, uh, you know, your investment uh, as whole as we can. So I think that's, one of the reasons why we have the availability of the structure that we do. You alluded to it, but uh, how much cash and cash equivalents do you have? Yeah, so we raised $3 million. Once we took care of a lot of the uh, project payments and getting the infrastructure up and running, uh, we're a little over $2 million, which is, which is uh, plenty for our first initial drill program. We're using core only at TOCOP. Um, with success, we will raise either through uh, the exercise of warrants or potentially in the market that's to be determined um, additional capital. Once we get a better handle on what we're seeing, um, that's the opportunity to, to raise more, 
more uh, capital. What is your burn rate? That's a little tricky too, um, because we're just building out our team, especially down in Nevada. But I would guess on a, on a sort of regular year, once we're up and sort of settled in, our corporate burn rate would be in the probably 450,000 Canadian uh, per annum. Uh, and if you include the Nevada sort of team and grouping, which may grow, I won't shrink, but it may grow. I would argue if you include that, you're, we're probably in the $600,000 um, to $700,000 range. How, but that still will be determined. How much debt do you have? Zero. And who are the major shareholders? Well, management is about 20%. So we have skin in the game. Uh, we do have two uh, institutions that I'm, I'm proud that, it, that took a uh, toehold in our um, uh, private placement. Uh, extract capital, as well as uh, Paul Stevens with Stevens Investment Management. You know, both groups have uh, supported the the junior and uh, and 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 uh, bigger space, uh, medium term and, and, and larger companies. So, you know, we've got great toehold uh, positions there, and then the remainder would be in um, high net worth, friends, family uh, type of investors that have been with us for a long time. What is the float? Hmm. That's a good question. In theory, it's everything but the 20% um, that management owns. Um, so that would take you in a, you know, 18 million share type thing, uh, 17 million share. Um, I don't believe that to be a real float. I think the folks that are supporting us are uh, longer term. Um, you've noticed that, you know, since we became uh, tra trading um, and with four month hold, it, Trying to trade it up to sixty cents on, on only a few shares, which 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 shouldn't have really been there. Um, but since we've come back, I don't know. There's maybe been a few hundred thousand, maybe quarter million shares sold in the last couple months since our uh, our four month um, uh, restrictions have come off. So that's a pretty good indication that we've got pretty sticky investors. If only a couple hundred thousand of uh, fifteen million have come up. Yeah, that's pretty good to hear there. Strong. So the float, the float, it's a hard question to answer because in theory, it's, it's, you know, like everybody else's float, but in, in practicality, I think it's much tighter than that. Are there any redundant assets on the books that we should know about? None. These are our only two. Are there any? For now. For now. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Are there any change of control fees? And if yes, what is the compensation? Not at this point. Um, but if there are management agreements that get put in place, they would be industry standard probably in the 18 month to 24 month range if, you know, if and when instituted. Is management charging a consultant fee for any services? All, all of our management run off of um, uh, consultancy. So within that uh, GNA or burn rate um, are everything from our senior management team through our geological team. We, for, for, for a lot of reasons, we, we run it through consultancy versus employment. In closing, multi-layered question. What is the next unanswered question for Raleigh Gold? When can we expect a response and what determines success? Well, we've sort of alluded to some of those. Um, you know, the reality is, is, is the drill bit is the truth serum. And for us, we're in a position where um, that truth serum is beginning, uh, starting in, in a couple of weeks, uh, early part of April for drilling. So I would expect, and I'm guessing here, the labs have been tremendously um, under stress of work and, and a little bit slower than I think most of us in our sector would would like. 
Um, but we're in a position that we'll probably get uh, the first set of drill results out, I'm guessing, and this is a forward-looking statement, 100% would be sometime in probably June, um, maybe May, uh, late May, but early June. So, you know, those are the things that sort of, you know, they don't keep me up at night. It's, it is what it is. Uh, we'll get the drilling done, we'll get it to the lab, and then we'll get it to the market. Um, so that's really, it's pretty straightforward. There's nothing that keeps me up uh, at night worrying about Riley or, or the, the going forward period. Um, you know, having two teenage boys and um, is that's what keeps me up at night, not Riley. <laughs> All right, last question, sir, and that is, what did I forget to ask? Um, nothing really. I, I think, you know, if I were to maybe say, and I alluded to that on a, on a comment, you know, we're, we're not necessarily um, going to stop at TOCOP and, uh, and Pipeline West and Clipper. You know, if there's an opportunity that comes along that is, a, that is a bigger picture and would add value to our company and an acquisition or of property uh, or otherwise, you know, we would look at that. Um, it's still premature, I think, for us to be, you know, thinking about six, 12 months down the road, um, just due to what's in front of us at the current moment. But um, that would be probably the only thing we didn't touch on. And, and it's tough to talk to, uh, you know, without a little bit more time, energy and information. Mr. Hilditch, if somebody wants to learn more about Raleigh Gold, please share the contact information. Sure. I mean, my email address is first initial T and then Hilditch, H-I-L-D-I-T-C-H at RileyGoldCorp.com. Uh, website, RileyGoldCorp.com, obviously. Um, my direct contact number at the office is 604-443-3831. Uh, if I'm not available, I typically don't wait more than a couple hours for to be able to uh, return a call or worst case within a day. Um, happy to talk to anybody about our prospects, happy to talk to anybody about our company, the people. Uh, we're an open book and encourage any calls. Give us that phone number one more time, sir. 604-443-3831. Mr. Hilditch, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Wishing you and Raleigh Gold the absolute best, sir. Thank you so much for the time today. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.